Is that audio chicken again? I guess I lost in saying that. It, it was. I, I thought, um, this week, <laughs> I will not be moved. I will be I will immovable. <laughs> well, I lost. Um, I, I swerved the car first. Uh, for you, just stringing that analogy out further. But, I mean, thank heavens for you, TJ. I mean, that's all we can say, really. Com- <laughs> common sense prevails at last. Oh, dear me. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Bit warm, I have to say. Mm. Um, we've got yeah. uh, high temperatures and massive humidity, which is just a wonderful combo. Um, yeah, like being in a shower. Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the island that I look over has now disappeared in a cloud, and that's ah. that's the physical manifestation of humidity. You can see it. It's like, oh, yes. that's not nice. <laughs> that's not good. Um, and obviously for recording professionals that we are, um, we both switch off our, our air conditioning. I'm sure you do too. Um, so I will just sort of gradually broil myself through the episode. Yes. My, my air conditioning is off. The pool isn't heated anymore. I haven't got the, the veranda retractable sunroof has been ignored. I have none of these things yet. I, I've never actually been in a house here that has air conditioning. Some restaurants do, Mm -hmm. but very rare to see any houses with air conditioning. Uh, plenty of oil-fired boilers, though, because it gets freezing in the winter. <laughs> well, I've got one of those, too. <laughs> Whack it on, see what happens. Mm, okay, I'm not <laughs> not sure the current Mrs. L is going to go for that. <laughs> see if you can get up to, like, triple digits in the house, just just to see if you could. <laughs> um, no. Uh, how are things in, in Northern Ireland? <laughs> They're good. We, we have an, uh, a nice, seasonable July, so it's been really bright and sunny. It's It's beautiful. It's gorgeous right now, actually. And we've been getting some good use out of our sun cream, which is nice. And uh, I think I this is probably a um, a section for later, probably better served in parish notices, but I'll use it now. I think my neighbours think I'm a little bit odder than I normally seem because I was out hoovering the, the new lawn earlier. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not even kidding. And th- this is one of those scenarios when you're like, I know this is going to look weird, but everything behind it is sensible. The, the reasoning to this point is sound, but looks anything but. <laughs> so we, 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 we were doing up bits and pieces of the garden. And so one of those things was we got a bird feeder. That's lovely. And we got we had it sitting in the shed and I finally put it up. We got some bird seed and we have two bird feeders in the garden. It was lovely. And I thought, you know what? I'll just put this on the shed. The shed is a wee bit rustic. Uh, and so I just I'll whack a screw on this uh, thing. It'll hold it up. That'd be fine. And the birds loved it. And it was inundated by lots of avian visitors. And they all came along and had some of the little seeds and nuts. And that was brilliant. And I came out this morning. And obviously a bird of, of a larger size, I'm guessing, tried to land on it. And the whole thing was, was lying on the grass. <laughs> the Stuart Empty. Lennon of the bird world appeared. <laughs> I can only imagine some sort of bald eagle decided it wanted some kibbles. And so this thing had just completely come off. Like, it wasn't broken. It just come off the shed uh, and dutifully spilled all of these seeds over my brand new lawn. And I, I don't actually know what bird seed would do to a lawn, but I can only imagine it's not, it's probably not disastrous, but also it's annoying. So I thought, right, how am I going to lift lots and lots of tiny bird seed that's been, you know, trod in by birds out of the... I was like, Meg, I need the Hoover. Like, why? That's gonna, don't ask. Never mind. <laughs> so out of my hands and knees hoovering the the garden with the nozzle attachment earlier and to be fair i picked up all the seed but i'm sure the neighbors are like he's been obsessing over that lawn and now he's hoovering small patches of it on his hands okay officially weirdest person in the neighborhood (laughs) and officially our our episode title just changed (laughs) 
<laughs> hoovering the lawn. Hoovering the lawn, it has to be. I mean, what else could it be? Ah, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There's that's my sort of. I'm off this week, so that's been the highlight of my uh, activities, <laughs> effective other otherwise. Uh, splendid. Well, um, uh, just a little bit of follow up from from last week before we go. Um, uh, football's not coming home. I saw that. I, I watched the. Um, I didn't watch the game, but I watched the the live. In fact, Meg was oddly interested in the result. I think sort of morbid curiosity, and so she just sat refreshing the BBC news feed while we lay in bed because it was about what, eleven o'clock or something that it finally came through, mm-hmm. and uh, and we saw the the news that they had been beaten on penalties. Something which I fundamentally misunderstood. I was like, I think they just take one each, and then when they miss, that's it. She's like, oh, okay. And then I looked it up. She's like, no, no, that's sudden death. They do five each. And I'm like, oh, okay, God. I'm not the person to, to correct you or otherwise on this thing. Well, it was um, the the uh, Pimson Pizza at, at Casa Lennon was, was all going rather well. Uh, everybody was having a terrific time. Um, but most of the people were England fans. And so we're gradually getting mm. um, more frustrated as the evening wore on. Uh, with the notable exception of uh, of the current Mrs. Lennon, who I managed to persuade to stay largely quiet. Um, so I didn't think it was particularly nice of her to, to get too excited. Um, yes, that, that kind of like, aha, you're losing. My team is winning. But I could have picked either team. So the team I like is winning. Yeah, indeed. And so uh, for us, it was sort of, you know, ooh, must have been about half past one by the time it was all over. Um, and... <laughs> everybody, well, everybody bar us was a, was quite grumpy. So the, the evening finished quite suddenly <laughs> and a little flat. But other than that, there oh. you are. Um, that's that's all of the sports ball talk for the the episode. TJ, <laughs> what are you writing with? Well, I'm writing with a a very nice new pencil. It's the exclusive Nero's Notes 2.5 Firm uh, in uh, Ferguson TE20 Grey. Uh, and I'm enjoying it a lot. I've been writing with this on and off. I haven't been doing much work this week because I'm off, but any writing I was doing has been on this, and it's I'm doodling with it right now. Yeah, no, fer- it's very, very nice. What, what did you call it? Ferguson Gray? Ferguson TE20 Gray, yeah. Okay, well, there we go. We'll have to, you'll have to get that on the packaging next. Well, um, <laughs> as, as is always the case, I, I don't have one. Um, it, it appears that my, <laughs> my Claire package was dispatched before the arrival of the 2.5 firm. So I tore into my package, which, uh, as will become clear later, was not a great experience, um, only to find there were no pencils. Not not a single pencil arrived in the, in the Claire package. Mm. Sorry. Oh, poor old me. Anyway, I am writing with a Stadler tradition. Um, ah. I, just, uh, I just lucky dipped out of my pencil box because my, my Bauhaus um, 155 mm-hmm. is, uh, well... Off to the stub jar in a moment. Um, and I got this side. This is a little black and red number. Uh, yeah, Dennis the Menace. Yeah, it's a nice pencil. I, I've got to say, it writes well, sharpens well. Yeah, very Teutonic, really. Just <laughs> it does exactly <laughs> what it says on the tin. Fantastic. What about watching? Have you been watching anything good? Yeah, I actually watched. Well, I've watched a bunch of films, and then I watched a almost a series today oh sort of for half a season of a series it's only eight episodes totals it's not that big uh let me see films i went to the cinema a bunch of times i got the movie pass thing that we had years ago they sort of brought it back so i got that so i can go and see all the films i want in the cinema so i went to see is it kong versus godzilla or godzilla versus kong mm-hmm. um 
that was fine. Kind of, I like the first outings of both series, and this is kind of the the crossover, and it was a bit sort of like, eh, yeah, that's a film, I guess. You sort of, if that's what you want, that's great. It just, it, it didn't really do much. It kind of meandered through, I don't know, somehow it made giant monsters, you know, throwing each other over buildings in Hong Kong boring. And I was like, oh. I'm not sure. You had all the ingredients and you made this. <laughs> all right. It was fine. I'm glad I saw it, but I wouldn't go back and see it again. And then what else did I see? Oh, I saw F9, which is the catchy title of Fast and the Furious 9. Okay. Oh, now that's a that's a movie for... Um, we, we talked about this. My friend and I went to see it. This is the cinematic equivalent of fireworks. It's bright. Uh, it's explosive, it's entertaining, uh, it's not plot heavy, and the plot that's there is sort of spread thin across a, a veneer of nonsense. There's no plot, is there, TJ? <laughs> no, not really. Oh. And they have a, a real disregard for the laws of physics, uh, which is concerning. Like, I don't mind a film that stretches it, but this is kind of like, yeah, cars, what if they just flew, you know? What if it just went to space? All right, cool. <laughs> Oh, okay. So those were two films, in retrospect, were mediocre at best. But I did watch a really good show, a really good series, uh, eight episodes total. Uh, and this is a... <laughs> I'm watching it on Disney+, Plus, but it's made by Canal+. Plus. I'm not sure if there's something about arithmetic operators here, but they are... Um, it's a, so it's a French-English uh, production mm-hmm. uh, released on Disney+, Plus, uh, and it's War of the Worlds. It's a new sort of revitalized version of this, and it's really, really good. Do you have Disney Plus? No, you can't get Disney Plus in this part of the world. Ah, okay. Well, you might be able to get this show. There's other outlets for it. They have different distributors all over the show, so you might be able to watch it, but it's War of the Worlds. I think the first season was released in 2019, and then there's another season that starts tomorrow here in the UK, as far as I know, and then there's a third season being filmed. Well, and. It's it's really, really good. So the first season, I don't want to spoil very much. Uh, if you've read the story, if you've seen the previous films of War of the Worlds, and there's been, I think, a couple of BBC adaptations maybe of it. Um, this is a very different take. It's very well done. The acting is superb. The sort of the setting is very real and lived in. And it's a slow burn. So don't don't go in expecting it to, you know, do everything in two episodes it's a very long long winded eight episodes but it does give you a real sense of this universe and the lore behind it so i I really liked it i liked it so much that i literally watched eight episodes in two days which is unusual for me 45 minute episodes um but yeah i really enjoyed it um mostly english uh the french characters are nice enough to to find english people to speak to and then just fluently switch to english uh, putting all of the you know, English-speaking characters to shame because they can't obviously speak any of the other languages in the film. But um, it is really good. It's really well done. And the the pacing and the characterization is really nice. So I'm waiting for season two. I kind of finished it this uh, sort of this morning, season one. And I got, oh, I really want to know. Oh, literally tomorrow I have to wait for and I started Googling things to try and read more because <laughs> uh, I really, really enjoyed it. So I'm looking forward to watching more of that excellent well good recommendations there i've been mm. a bit quiet um so uh, i watched the end of the football uh, obviously as previously 
uh, explains. Yeah. And there was a, there was a bit of that. There was a semi final or two um, and uh, a final. Very exciting. Um, watched a little bit of the second season of Lupin, which is mm-hmm. um, I, I forget his name again, but the um, extraordinary actor. And I just love the the premise. It's very sort of uh, Lupin is a fictional character um, that that. It's a fictional character that's real, is what I was about to say. Now, that doesn't kind of work, does it? But um, this, uh, our protagonist, models himself on Lupin, the gentleman burglar. And so there's okay. all sorts of sort of cleverness that goes on. But essentially the plot is revenge. Um, he's trying to revenge himself on a very wealthy, um, cynical, horrible guy who uh, mistreated his father. Is it Omar C? That's him, Omar C. S Y, I presume that's it. Yeah, I've seen this reviewed. It's got ninety-seven percent at Rotten Tomatoes, so that's a pretty good indicator of at least quality. Yeah, yeah. Season one was brilliant, and I've watched oh, I don't know, two or three episodes of season two now. So, uh, just recently dropped on Netflix in this part of the world, anyway. Hmm. Um, and other than that, well, sunsets. It's been really hot, so we've been sort of sitting outside. Uh, we've sort of taken the step of putting a TV outside. Um, The idea being we have a sort of, you know, living room out on the terrace. Um, But it's proving really difficult to get the TV stuff sorted out. There's um, Ah. some sort of weird shortage of Wi-Fi boxes. Um, Yeah, my Wi-Fi is fine, but the magic box to make the TV work, the Wi-Fi version, there's none on Ireland. They're not going to be coming. So uh, if you're... A regular listener who features in the Slack and lives in Germany, you might soon be getting a message from me <laughs> about <laughs> trying to source one of these things. Um, but of course, my wife is superstitious, so she's now going, ah, maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign we shouldn't watch TV outside. Um, it was the football that did it. You just, you just had to chance it. <laughs> yeah, well, there you are, you see. Um, what about listening, TJ? You been listening to anything good? Well, I listened to a podcast this morning. Ooh. I got up at about 7.30. I put on my running shoes and I listened to the first episode of Couch to 5K and I went for a run. Well, if you were listening to the first episode of Couch to 5K, then you didn't go for a run. Well, I, I you went for a walk. Minutes. <laughs> I, went for, I went for lots of minutes, about 20 minutes of walking and eight minutes of running. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Believe me, that's that was enough. <laughs> I don't do running. Uh, I've I've used the excuse of dislocated knee to be like, oh, I don't, no, 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 I don't, don't. The excuse is I'm just lazy. So this is me trying to rectify that and do a little bit more exercise. And I kind of had to steal myself to get ready and get up and go. But once I was out, it was actually really nice. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure it'll get harder, and I'm sure it'll be harder to do three times a week. But for now. I really enjoyed it. I felt great all day because of it. And I'm, I'm looking forward to going on my, my second of three this week. Well, second of three this week. I'll go on Saturday and then I'll go on Monday. So second of two this week, I guess. Oh, fantastic. Well, well then you. Um, it's, yeah, I, it's a good program. Uh, it works. Why on earth you'd want to do it is, of course, completely beyond me. But <laughs> there you are. Well, I don't, I don't live where it's currently like... 89 degrees outside when you go out in the middle of the day at least here if i go out at eight it was like i don't know 14 15 degrees it was quite pleasant uh, yeah i mean certainly I, I i did catch 5k or at least a lot of it uh in the uk but the idea of doing it here mm, no 
no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> fortunately, I've got uh, two dogs, one of which is a lunatic and the other one is very sensible. And Spice, um, we go out for a walk, mm, I don't know, around about 5.30, 6 a.m. So once once there's enough light to, to get out, then we get out because mm-hmm. it's the only time it's really possible. And I... Um, Apart from me getting hot, there's a real risk that the dogs will burn their paws and stuff because the, the floor yeah, gets so hot. Um, we're doing that as well. Blue's currently on his uh, walkies hiatus. He gets about 10 minutes in the evening when it gets cold enough mm-hmm. um, because it's just normally when we take him after work, it's just too hot and it's just not fair, as you say, on his paws and stuff. Yeah. So Spice just sort of, she goes to about, I don't know, 30% velocity, um, <laughs> eases back on the whole stamina <laughs> thing. and uh, it, for me, it's weird because I've got the Charlie is trying to yank my left arm out of this the socket, um, and Spicy is just pulling me back the other way, and I'm sort of stood in the middle like some sort of fat crucified dog walker, <laughs> um, and she's just not interested. She literally wants to go out, have a little bit of a sniff, and go. Yeah, I'm cool with the garden there, Dad. Thanks very much. <laughs> oh my god no no oh we're still okay yeah, this is tiresome <laughs> yeah exactly so so for me to to take them for a long walk would involve one poodle being dragged along um through the dust which is it's not a great look people tend to get quite offended by that sort of thing um well what have i been listening to well certainly not catch 5k um let's knock that right on the head um <laughs> the the usual diet of podcasts but not so much i'm not listening to as many podcasts at the moment because i'm trying to mix in a bit more music and um mm. you know either either songs or, or ambient stuff oh, which is nice just feels a bit more balanced uh so yes when you called i was uh, i was in the middle of a guitar throwback playlist um, <laughs> and at the time, Foo Fighters were play, playing, so it was quite loud, I have to say. Um, and yeah, it's a sort of entertaining playlists. And there's been a lot of entertaining going on, I suppose, as sort of, um, is it the end of COVID? Well, well the, the governments seem to think to, at least. So there's less restrictions. Um, our numbers here are record breaking, they're the highest numbers we've ever had. Mm. So that's a little bit scary. Um, but yeah, well, more about that later, perhaps. What about reading? Have you been reading anything interesting? <laughs> uh, not to you. Uh, I find it interesting. Uh, I was reading QR code specifications uh, and version types and things like that, and as well as some Python syntax um, for a little bit of personal research. So I was doing a little bit of um, Python programming for QR generation, which is the you know little square graphic codes you can scan. Um, playing around with generating those for a few different ideas. So that was that was my afternoon yesterday, which is quite enjoyable, actually. Nice to get into something that I've not done before. I've not done very much Python. And learning how to basically generate images on the fly with code is really cool. Well, I have no idea what any of that meant, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm sure some <laughs> of you did. And uh, there you are. Um, I read a thing called a book. <laughs> it's, uh, oh. Pages, printed words. Um, although it was probably written with some python i would suggest because it's one of those james patterson um sort of co-writes where where he gets Mm -hmm. up-and-coming writers to do all the work um and you know sprinkles a little of the james patterson magic on them uh, and publishes it Um, and so far i'd say it's all right it's okay i mean it's not setting the world on fire well it's okay what about drinking tell me something good that you're drinking dj 
Mm. Well, not today because it's even though I'm off, it's technically a school night. But I did have some harp at the weekend, which is a nice Northern Irish beer, and uh, cool, easy drinking, light, crisp, just exactly what you want when it's warm outside. Northern Irish beer is it not made by Guinness? Possibly. <laughs> I, I was going to say I mean, there'll be people in the south spitting Guinness at the screens, TJ. Harp. Hold on. Let's do a live Google. Harp stays ah, sharp. Irish lager. Yeah, there you go. Harp stays sharp to oh, the bottom of the glass. Dundalk. Dundalk. Oh, well, it's almost Northern Irish then. Uh, formerly produced at Great Northern Brewery in Dundalk, now brewed in Dublin. Oh. There you go. I didn't know that. I mean, Harp does give it away. It is the Harp, the same or similar Harp to that on the uh, mm-hmm. out of Ireland. So there you go. 1960 it was made. Yeah. Well, not the, not the stuff you're drinking, I wouldn't have thought. Well, who knows? But uh, it's very nice either way. It's very light, isn't it? Very light sort of um, hot weather beer. Which is curious coming from Ireland, but there you are. Um, (laughs) What have I been drinking? Well, lots. Lots of everything. A lot of fluids. Uh, It's it's that sort of weather when um, I'm playing golf tomorrow and it will be, I don't know, mid-40s. Probably a bit, bit more than that in the sun. And... It doesn't matter how fast I drink fluids, they're going out of me even faster. Um, so I will probably on the golf course, let's think of normal, mm, three and a half, four litres um, of water I'll drink. Um, and I will st- is that bottles you're lugging around or is that there's somewhere to stop? Uh, that is bottles I'm lugging around, but I'm lugging them around in a, in a golf buggy. Um, my golf course is, is buggy only. So yeah, no, you couldn't walk. No, 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 no. Walking golf in this weather, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that would be bad news, I think. Um, so yeah, I, I just drinking all that rehydration tablets. Um, I was doing quite a lot of work in the garden um, earlier. So from I don't know, uh, maybe about half past seven through till eleven, eleven thirty, and oh, I just you just can't take the water off fast enough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, lots of that. You need to not yeah, don't put chlorine in the pool and then just get in. <laughs> And start drinking. Well, the the, um, the dogs, I, I've been dipping them in the pool, um, which is not <laughs> it's not great for them in terms of the, the chlorine, but um, the minute they're in there. Uh, Spice is quite a competent swimmer. Um, Charlie looks like, well, he, uh, in golfing terms, you'd say he looks like an octopus falling out of a tree. So there, there are <laughs> limbs everywhere um, and a sort of panic look on his face. And then he can't get out. So... Um, this is one of the cruelest and horriblest things that you can ever do with a dog, so please don't do it. But um, if you can imagine a dog getting to the edge of a pool and then trying to put its front paws up on the side of the pool, that means its back paws go downward, the dog goes to the vertical and sinks like a stone. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> and because oh, he's, a, he's a panicky little fellow, he does that sort of quite quickly, whereas Spice will just sort of wander around in circles and she can get herself out of the pool and charlie i have now taught how to get use the steps <laughs> um so he now makes for the steps but generally speaking i just carry carry them in my arms and just float them around for a couple of minutes just to cool them off bless them um uh so yeah w- once the evening comes then uh i will i will maybe have a beer or possibly a cypress brandy over lots of ice but everything is iced at the moment. So coffee, yeah, espresso coffee imagine. is over ice. <laughs> Water is over <laughs> ice. Uh, which is why my fridge makes such an almighty racket, I think, because it's, it's producing ice all day. 
Um, what's next after reading, drinking, buying? What have you been buying? Did I? <laughs> I bought more birdseed. <laughs> I could understand that. Over half of it at the lawn. Um, apart from that, not an awful lot. Yeah, it's been relatively quiet. Um, I think it's the lull, the sort of the calm before the storm. I've been eyeing up um, Apple TVs. I've been eyeing up another HomePod. It's, mm. I imagine there's going to be a very expensive month to come. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're just relaxing in the, the calm oasis of not spending money. Yeah, I mean, I've been um, I'm really good. But I think Mrs. L is trying to, to make up for that. So because um, <laughs> we now have a, a new kitchen. Um, I don't know. And the oven appears to work. That's the latest update on that. Um, It was decided, it was decreed even, that uh, we needed an accent colour. You as a designer would understand all of this, of course. And and that accent colour was (laughs) was yellow, Uh, which is fine. I'm I'm cool with with yellow. My name's Lennon. I mean, Lemon, Lennon. Yeah, you can see how it might work. Um, And... And yet you went for Lime Consulting? Is that just so you could be Lennon and Lime? Well, there you go, you see. You've got there already. Um, <laughs> and then... Very good. Um, Margaret found... There's no splashback behind the hob. It's just tiles. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought that was because tiles are sort of wipe cleany sort of things. But we've got small tiles. They're like a brick shape. So there's lots of yeah. grout between the tiles and... Uh, I'm told stuff splashing onto the ground is bad. So we need a splashback. So, okay. Um, and Margaret went off on a, on a search for a splashback and eventually sourced one, which um, was made of glass. Turns out international shipping of glass is really difficult. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I had to pay the UPS guy a big chunk of change of duty to get essentially a bag of shards. Oh dear. So, I mean, is it, could it be that you bought a jigsaw version of the thing you wanted and you got to build it yourself? Well, if we did, it's a devilishly difficult one. Um, <laughs> so it's what I opened the box and there were instantly tiny little shards of glass all over the room, which is great when oh, you've got no. two small dogs. Yeah. Um, and you're probably in bare feet a good amount of Yes, exactly. Well. Um, but I didn't bleed that much. Um, and when I did, I got shouted out for bleeding in the wrong place. But anyway, um, I, I then managed to get it all into a bin bag and disposed of. And then the, the, the Amazon seller said, can we have a picture? Right. You might want to sit down before you hear this answer, young man. And off I went. But anyway. Um, so there's been that. That was less fun than, than, than I really wanted to have. But we've also, uh, we're upgrading the aircon. So mm-hmm. our bedroom is getting a, a new snazzy aircon, um, which has uh, Wi-Fi. So yeah. um, yep. you can do the whole sort of, you know, cool the bedroom down from afar type thing. <laughs> um, Does it have HomeKit? Uh, it's, n- it's not HomeKit enabled. No, it runs through its own app. Wow, which is you know second best, but uh, one look at Miss Mrs. Lennon's <laughs> face, and I wasn't going to be declining on on that basis. She's decided that she needs some aircon, so the aircon that's currently in in our bedroom, which is fine, um, will now go to to the spare bedroom, 
which, uh, you know, anybody who's likely to be a guest in our house, I mean you, TJ, cheer, because uh, you're going to have <laughs> aircon. Um, and we're getting aircon for the kitchen um, because the way things are at the moment, things get a bit hot. I just come down here to the office. So um, I'm, I'm fine. Margaret doesn't really have, unless she wants to go and sit in the bedroom, she, she doesn't really have anywhere upstairs. Um, and our main living space uh, doesn't close off. Does that does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So it's open to a staircase and to another room, and and so to air condition that you need you need the sort of thing that they put in a mall, you know, <laughs> which is a not cheap <laughs> and b not the best looking of things. So um, we're going to leave that unair conditioned. Um, but if things get really hot, you can see the kitchen. So there we are. That's cheap, as you can imagine. Mm. Uh, and outdoors uh, on our terrace, we've. We've moved our our dining table. Um, it's not a dining, but yes, an outdoor dining table. We've moved that to somewhere else outdoors, um, which is going to be covered with a big sail, which I think we've covered before. And mm-hmm. we bought some sort of faux wicker, some plastic wicker to go up in that seating area. And we put a TV there. And so you can sit there with your gin and tonic and your peanuts and just go, oh, that's great. Mm. Um, so, yeah, essentially I'm bankrupt. That's that's probably where we're going with that. Um. <laughs> mm, yeah, aircon not something that I mean I'd I w- I'd quite enjoy it at the minute, but nine times out of ten we don't ever think about it. Well, so I mean I'm traditionally we'll go on a little aircon tangent. I'm traditionally I'm a I'm I'm anti aircon. I don't like this stuff, and the reason I don't like it is because it it makes me feel a little bit ill. Um, I sort of feel like I've got a perpetual cold, a sore throat, mm. you know, my ears tend to, to react. Um, but also it's one of those things that's really insidious because you start getting used to it. And yeah. so, um, you know, this morning I woke up and both dogs had jumped on the bed and were desperately trying to get under the sheet to cuddle up with me because they were freezing to death. Um and I was gripping. We just we just have a sheet on, but I was gripping the sheet. I was cur- I was like in the fetal position, going, "I'm really cold. I'm really cold." <laughs> um, and then you open the door because you want you want to go to the bathroom, or in my case, I'm getting up and going to the kitchen, and it's like walking into an oven. So yeah, as the rest of the heat, it's like I always remember going to the states for the first time as a kid, and it was when you're in the airport and you land, you kind of, and this is you know you don't necessarily do the depart off onto the, the runway type thing this would be into the umbilical and you'd be air conditioned in the plane you'd be air conditioned in the umbilical and you go through then you go into the airport and it's when you step out of the airport doors <laughs> into say florida yep and it's like oh it's like being oh, hit by on. a cricket bat <laughs> the heating's on out here what's no what's this and as a teen I mean, the first time i went it must have been about seven or eight and i remember being like is this just what the weather's like is this just air here because this is not abundantly pleasant um and then you kind of get that brief respite of every car and every shop is that just it's almost like a wave of cold air flows out from the the automatic doors and just sort of sweeps you back in yeah yeah it's it's exactly that so the the having the cool makes the heat worse and and keeps putting you through all these you know these contrasts and and so even when I'm working in the office and I you know I go out because I want to go upstairs and get a coffee or something I'm like oh wow it's hot out here oh it's horrible, um, and you just get I think you sort of undo a little bit of your 
um, acclimatization. Yes, because you're dropping into subarctic temperatures in the middle of a heat wave. Yeah, and and you know trying to find the balance. I mean, you you, you can just not turn. I mean, I my air conditioning in the office is to twenty three degrees, which you know if for people I imagine in North Ireland you'd find that a bit warm. <laughs> yeah, it's about twenty four, twenty five in my house right now. Yeah. So, and it's it's toasty enough. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but Cypriots, I I used to have terrific times with them in the offices that I worked in here because the Cypriot approach to air conditioning is that all through the summer you try and get the temperature down to eighteen degrees, and then once the autumn comes and the temperature goes down to twenty five, and then the winter comes and the temperature goes down to eighteen, you try and heat it up to thirty five. Um, <laughs> I'm sensing a strange lack of equilibrium here, folks. Yeah, so you, you know you can set your aircon to be slightly less, you know, aggressive, I suppose. But certainly our older model, <laughs> the one that we've currently got, sort of has 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 two speeds, you know, off or all of it. That, that's kind of how it works. <laughs> Fridge or not working? Yeah. So, um. Mm, yeah, I, I, I still have mixed feelings because, like I say, the more that you use aircon, I think the more you, you come to rely on it and the more unpleasant mm. you find the rest of the world. So I, I predict in the next few years it'll be, you know, we'll just go out less. <laughs> just, I'm, with, I'm with my aircon. Leave me alone. <laughs> you need like a portable one, one of those hazmat suits you can just air condition? <laughs> yep. Well, we might all be living in those anyway. Who knows? Mm. Anyway, <laughs> quoting... What quote have you got for me today? This one is verbatim a Greek proverb. Mm -hmm. A society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit in. Very good. They were onto something, Which these is, Greeks. It's paraphrasing. Well, I don't think it's paraphrasing Hamilton, but Hamilton's probably paraphrasing it a little bit. But um, I think George Washington says something similar to that um, in Hamilton. Well, well remembered. Um, well, you, you might need to have to look up the reference, obviously, but I'm sure somebody will tell us in Slack. <laughs> um, well, I've come up with a slightly different one, which reflects how I spent my morning. Um, gardening requires lots of water, most of it in the form of perspiration. That was said by the cartoonist <laughs> Lou Erickson. Uh, so, yes, I was attacking the back corners of my garden, which are areas that have not seen any natural sunlight in many, many years. Um, so we found the escape route of uh, Special mm -hmm, Agent mm -hmm. Charlie. Uh, so I've I've now identified the hole. Uh, Had he been walking out and sort of shaking his back left leg, and a little tumble of soil came out, and then he walked around a bit more and <laughs> shake a little bit of soil out here, and you know, great escape this one. Yeah, I'm not sure that he was being responsible for the hole. But, I mean, no <laughs> sensible dog would have found it because to get to the hole, you had to go through... The sort of, under, I mean, there were two of us there for four hours with machetes this morning <laughs> to get to it. Um, so um, there will be some some sort of fence remedial work going on. So essentially I'm going to climb on top of a natural stone wall with some fencing, some sort of wire mesh fencing, which I'm going to mm -hmm. cable tie on top of the existing uh, fence. Um and this wire mesh stuff used to be used to be the sort of top half of our perimeter uh, when we got here. And I don't know what it is about this fence, but all I have to do is go close to it and it cuts me. So ah. my legs, my arms are just covered in cuts trying to maneuver this stuff. 
So, yeah, I'll probably need hospitalization by the time I've patched this little hole. Um, but in the meantime, we have managed to sort of find all sorts of, I mean, literally there's a, it's about six foot tall, weighs 25, 30 kilos. Um, it's a stand for a satellite dish that, you know, hasn't, uh, hasn't been seen in 30 years. There it is. There's two of them. Um, so it's amazing the stuff we're finding in there. Spare tiles. Um, there's a, Handy. curiously, there's a bit of astroturf. Quite know what that was for. Oh, for um, practicing your golf. <laughs> indeed. Maybe, maybe my dad was flirting with the idea of building a, a net out there. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, we're, I'm going to keep digging through that and uh, fixing it up. <laughs> Margaret took one look at it and went, hmm, yeah, I think we should have left it. <laughs> As as yeah. two men stand there, barely able to breathe, blood dripping from their fingers, sweat from every pore. Mm. We had to take the current Miss Lennon away for a quiet word and say some, <laughs> some encouragement here, please, Mrs. L, some encouragement. <laughs> anyway, that, that that was my warning. Right, parish notices. Well, I think you, you've already um, pinched that, haven't you? Started mm. running. Yeah, I sent a little picture in of my uh, first running workout, 15th to the 7th. And that's probably first running workout ever, I imagine. Mm. Um, but I've got my move streak. Uh, my my current uh, streak is 188 days on my Apple Watch, which is basically since I got it. That's excellent work. So I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm enjoying getting into it. And I, I've tried to do this Couch to 5K once about four, oh, must have been more than that, four or five years ago, maybe even longer, uh, and didn't get very far. I was just absolutely floored by how much effort it took. And we've been, since we got blue in November, we've been walking pretty much four and a half miles a day. And I can you know, check that on my watch and go, that's actually a pretty good standard. It kind of hits my rings. The dog gets his, his walk and that's ballpark what it is every day. Now that's not massive miles, but it's consistent. And what mm-hmm. I'm finding is that it's really, really helped my, my actual health and my stamina because I'm going into this going, Oh yes, I don't. I don't run. I have not. I'm not used to to doing any kind of running, and a five k is well, well far beyond me right now. But the walking longer distances and having done that a lot has made it easier to start this. So I'm quite mm-hmm. pleased that I wasn't completely pancaked this morning. I kind of went, yeah, felt that. Glad I'm sitting down, but I'm looking forward to the second one of these because this is good. I feel like I'm actually capable of doing it rather than being right at the cusp of my capacity every single time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think uh, when it, when I started doing it, um, I, I found it very, very similar. Um, I'd, I'd been doing a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, ultimately, um, medical people said to me, said, might, might want to consider losing some weight first, Mrs. Lennon. Um, just, you know, <clears throat> I don't know why they would call me Mrs. Lennon is a mystery. But um, yeah, impact on the knees and stuff. All, all the meds said to me, just keep walking. That's going yeah. to be better for you. And yeah, I wasn't going to take a lot of persuading, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, then I'll, I'll just keep walking. I know I'll walk across Spain. That was my answer to that one. <laughs> Took it to the extreme, which you're not used to doing. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. There we go. Uh, we could probably put that on his, uh, on his gravestone. Um, what about me? Parish notices? Well, I think I've probably covered those, the gardening mm. and the... Uh, I suppose COVID is a bit scary here. I think it's quite scary in the UK too. Um, it's a bit scary everywhere. It's kind of a 
it's a strange time, I think, for a lot of people because now that sort of the guidance is diverging. And so mm. they haven't made any calls on Northern Ireland, but I, I imagine it'll not be uh, England levels of, yes, everything's done. Uh, basically, mm. a lot of the, the restrictions on masks and social distancing and stuff will end, I think. Is it, is it Monday? So by the time this comes out, it should be that Monday um, in England. Whereas I'm Was that, Is that Freedom sure, Day for England, is it? Yeah, I think it's delayed from, from last month. But I don't think Wales are doing it that way. I don't think Scotland are doing it that way. And I'm pretty sure Northern Ireland are doing it that way. So it's kind of a strange divergence now. And the the problem for us is that a lot of our news is sort of lumped in. So if you go to bbc.co.uk and, and read the news, it'll proudly announce that from Monday you don't have to wear a mask. And then you read the little asterisks and it's in England, which of course doesn't apply here. So I worry that people will take it less seriously. And, I, and anecdotally, I've seen a lot fewer people wearing masks inside. Mm. Um, yeah, and sure. I worry that it'll kind of muddy the, the water a bit. But again, it's one of those things we talked about over and over again. There's no clear, easy, straightforward answer to any of this. Um, there's no kind of like, well, that's definitively the best and right thing to do. And nothing else will, will come close. It's, it's always gray. And that's what worries me because it's kind of the, if you give people an option to, to question, query or doubt, they will. And that's the risky thing now, I think. Yeah, I mean, here, um, obviously, it's a much smaller sample here and it's a much simpler. So uh, let me throw some things at you. There are pretty much no restrictions now. So um, you have to wear a mask in a public indoor space. That still persists. And uh, if you want to go and eat in a restaurant, um, then you have to produce a COVID safe pass, which means uh, it's a, you have to demonstrate that you've had COVID in the last six months or you've had two jabs um, and you know, more than two weeks ago um, or that you've had a negative rapid test within 72 hours. Those are the sort of three things, ways of achieving. So if you are like me, sort of double jabbed, you kind of can do everything now. Um, the only the only time you'd notice that you're not doing anything is um, if you were doing the shopping in the supermarket, which I don't have to do, so <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't really... I don't notice it. Margaret does that. Uh, and when I'm walking from the golf course to the bar in the golf club, then I have to wear a mask, and then I take it off mm -hmm. when I sit down. So that's one set of info, and you think, okay, well, that's great, isn't it? I mean, that's normality coming back, and... They were sort of heading the right direction. You couple with that that our numbers have never been lower. Our case numbers are the highest they've ever been yesterday. So we were getting very panicky um, during the second wave that we were approaching a thousand cases a day, but we never got that. We have now. And so. Putting those two bits of, of data together, yeah. it's like, wow, this is, if, you know, going from 500 to 600 was really bad news in the second wave, why am I now going, yeah, it's a thousand, don't worry about it. it. It just, it feels wrong. Yeah. And they keep talking about the link between hospitalization and, and contraction. And again, it's not something I'm qualified to talk about, but it is certainly the deaths here. I think there's been one or two maybe in the last month. It's it's very low, thankfully. 
Um, obviously, each one is far too many. That that <sighs> argument so, is is there, but again, we're seeing our hospitalizations go up here. Mm-hmm. We're seeing um, people who are intubated, needing help breathing, going up. So you know, there's a sort of moving feast of measures that we're being told to to focus on. So don't worry about case numbers now. You need to look at hospitalizations. Well, they're going up as well. Yeah, but don't worry too much about hospitalizations. What you need to be looking at are, are intubations, but, but but they're going up now too. Yeah, well, look, I mean, anyway, just go and have a drink. It it's just it's just a little bit strange, and I'm not uh, I'm not hugely terrified of it all. I'm not you know in a, a bag of nerves. The thing that it's actually worst, I think, is is what you pointed on. There's this this divergence now. Mm. So. You know, in amongst my circle of friends, there are people who are going, well, it's, COVID's done, it's finished. And others who are saying, I think we're going into a sort of personal lockdown for a while. You yeah, know, we have that's, a, that's quite a difference in opinion and sort of view on what's happening. Yeah, and I mean, it's, you know, the practical sort of side of it is that I car share with a guy to go to the golf course. Um, and then... Um, quite often I'll be buggy sharing with, with another guy. Now, the guy I'm car sharing with is going to a wedding this weekend. Um, and the, the bride and groom come from the UK. So, super spreader event, anyone? Question mark, maybe? Hmm? Who knows? The guy that I then share the buggy with at the golf course is the one that's going into a personal lockdown. Now, I... I can't do those two things because if I'm socializing with the first, then or sharing a car with the first, then clearly I represent a risk to the second. And yeah. it's, you know, everybody's entitled to their personal risk assessment, and I have no problem with all that. But it, for me, the sort of practicalities of it is, is managing that, that diversity of opinion now is really difficult. Yeah. Like my folks are now double jabbed and they're, they would both be in the vulnerable category, but are both now two vaccines in. And starting to do a little bit more. So I saw them earlier mm-hmm. in the week. They came over to the house and we sat in the garden. Which sure. was lovely. And the dog was able to run around and see everybody. And then we went and had, she went to a coffee shop locally, sat outside again, had a coffee together. And it was lovely. Really, really nice. Felt normal. Mm. Um, but even then, we're not going in the house. They're not coming in the house. We're not really doing hugs and stuff much. We're just kind of, you know, still keeping distance, keep, still trying to not, you know, because it's... For us, it's kind of a, well, yes, we could do those things, but we'll not risk it right mm-hmm. now. Like, we can wait a little longer. We can just see how we feel. And some of that, I'm sure, is sort of personal trepidation because it is weird. You know, sure. we've been so cautious for so long. It feels strange not to be. Certainly for me, it does. Uh, but, yeah, as you say, it's just that there are people that would go, well, yeah, well, sure, it's done. So you don't need to do any of these things tomorrow. And you're going, ah, technically, legally here, you do have to do this and this and this. And uh, this is guidance and this is law and this is a suggestion and this is a strong suggestion and it's very nebulous and again I don't think it's because anyone wants it to be I think it's just because it's a really difficult issue to pin down and there's not necessarily a right answer but it does make it really tough when some people don't think it's an issue some people think it's the, the scariest thing that's happening right now and other people are blissfully ignorant yeah I mean it, it's I'm finding it um challenging because everybody does have their own risk assessment and you know margaret's sort of tolerance of risk is different from mine uh and we're different from 
you know, everybody in our circle of friends. Mm -hmm. And as you say, the previously we that a sort of comfort had begun to happen. So as as things were relaxing, we we were within a peer group that was following broadly the same sort of rules. Um, and so it was easy for us to mix. But now as as each sort of couple starts pursuing their own uh, version of <laughs> of being sensible, then you know suddenly you're representing a danger to each other. And it's, yeah, it's a um, conflict in in sort of approaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, as we speak. We had yesterday one thousand. No, today one thousand one hundred and fifty two positives. Um, so you know, in in terms of that's one point seven one percent of the of the people that we tested. And there are one hundred eighty one in hospital, uh, forty eight of whom are in serious condition. No. Serious condition generally means they need help breathing. We can handle 200. And so bearing in mind the numbers are going up, say, 10% a day, then we're probably, what, 10 days away from not having capacity to intubate anybody. The, the numbers are the numbers. You know, that's not me making stuff up. That's just how numbers work <laughs> if you've yeah. got got them leaping up and yeah there's a real sort of absence from the government i mean the 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 thing they're trying to do here we have 65 percent sort of vaccination mm -hmm. uh i think it's 55 have had two and 65 have had one uh but the people who've not had any are those people who are um parents here are telling their young you know, so telling their teenagers and telling their, their 20, 20 something kids, maybe don't rush to have the vaccine because who knows what impact it has on fertility. Now, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, I've not seen any science on that. Where's that coming from? Um, and the answer probably is, is Facebook or Twitter or, you know, um, so the the government here is is trying to sort of make it really really difficult to be an unvaccinated person. Um, so they're making you do the test every seventy two hours, and they're going to now start charging for that test. So it's going to become expensive to be unvaccinated. Mm. But yeah, hmm, dodgy times. I don't want to turn this into the COVID podcast. Neither of us know what we're talking about. But um, I probably feel a little bit more worried now than I have done for the last couple of months. Bizarrely. Yeah, I think unfortunately it's just one of those things that we're going to have to continue to live with and learn to adapt to because um, regardless of what happens, it's, it's, it has left and will leave lasting impacts. Um, For sure. You, beyond the virus itself, just mm -hmm. in, in behaviours, in um, changes to behaviours. And uh, it's, it's interesting to experience it. I wouldn't say it's necessarily pleasant, but it is interesting to sort of look at it and go, this is not something that, generations have dealt with you know there, there have been entire generations that haven't had to deal with this mm. um it's it's something yeah it certainly is well listen i think just to lighten the mood let's bring the pro on we'll have <laughs> gerald and um, while gerald's doing his uh his magic i'm gonna go to the fridge and get a beer mm, sounds like a plan this is the three pin plug hi i've decided to mix it up a little I'm feeling like exercising my creative license.
How do you like my range of accents? The first pin is Stuart Lennon, you can buy his collection of reasonably priced notebooks and stationery supplies at nerosnotes.co.uk. You can read his writings on writing, at stuartlennon.com. If you want to see photos of his dogs, Spice and Charlie, you can follow him on Instagram at stuart.lennon587. The second pin is TJ Cosgrove. He created Wood and Graphite, a collection of over 150 short films on pencils, paper and other collected analog ephemera. You can watch it on YouTube, by searching Wood and Graphite. If you like looking at photos of coffee, keyboards and a black Labrador called Blue, you can follow him on Instagram at team underscore Cosgrove. The third pin in the three pin plug is this show, 1857. You can support the show by leaving a review on iTunes, or the podcatcher of your choice. The efficacy of which is debatable. Or by sharing with someone you think would enjoy it. Perhaps even nip over to nerosnote.co.uk and pick up a few lovely notebooks or fancy pencils, it all helps to cover the cost of hosting. The three-pin plug is brought to you by me, Gerald, a totally normal human being, Definitely real and corporeal, for sure. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Did I get back in time? There's no dead air, is there? <laughs> or there could have been like 40 minutes of dead air. Just see. Oh, I do have the tension. Okay, well, we'll do some <laughs> ASMR uh, for everybody sitting at home. A nice yep. hot day. Ah. <laughs> There you are. A cold draft of Keo. Lovely. Mm. You're making me want a, an Irish harp. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's a lot to be said for a cool beer on a warm night. That's true. That's true. So, what are we talking about? Well, uh, you've stolen my question. Um, <laughs> I, I just checked out the, uh, the episode title and we're talking about hoovering the lawn. <laughs> well, no, I had to change that. Hang on, that's uh, not right. <laughs> You wrote, or I wrote, actually, in the list, Disenchantment with Notebooks and Analog Ephemera. And then you sent me a show note with that run at the top of it. Yep. So one of us must be feeling some disenchantment. I'm not necessarily feeling disenchantment, but I have in the past, and I understand the notion. And what we're trying to say is that the kind of falling out of love with a hobby. And I think that happens a lot. I think it can and, and often does happen with almost every hobby. And not necessarily anything's grandiose is falling out of love with it, but sometimes your interest and your passion for it waxes and wanes. And I think that's natural with just life. And it's something that one, when I read it in our show note list, it struck me because something happened the other day. I posted it on the Slack that, that really made me think about pencils and paper and analog ephemera. And that was that Wooden Graphite finally hit 10,000 subscribers. Um, it's been dormant for over a year. I've done literally nothing. And it, it got to 10,000. Which 10, was the key like, to unlocking growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing. Homeostasis was the key. Um, and, and I thought about this a lot because that's something I was really, really aiming for for about a year of my life, was, was really doggedly trying to get that number. And this is probably when the channel was about four or 5,000. So it was a... So fair whack of people, but also not big numbers by any stretch with 
you know, regards to YouTube and the context of it. And I just remember dedicating so much time, effort and energy to trying to hit that, thinking it was some sort of useful metric or goal. And I looked at it, kind of popped up in the app the other day and I went, oh, that's interesting. And that was it. That was the culmination of a goal that didn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. because pushing that forward doesn't matter to me anymore. And it was just a moment of like, oh, okay. My attitude towards this has changed a lot. And while I was aware of that, I hadn't really thought about it. You know, you just kind of accept something without, like your aircon. You're just like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, that doesn't, it's not motivating me anymore. Anyway, and then you go, hold on, that's not motivating me anymore. That's not something that drives me geek up and do. Okay, that's interesting. You know, wood and graphite and pencils and paper have been a big part of my life for, I don't know, four years, five years. I can't even remember. Um. And they still are, and I still really, really enjoy them. Uh, arguably more now than I did at the height of Wood and Graphite when I was making the most videos and the, the most interesting stuff. So for me, that that sort of that interest and that passion was somewhat tinged by it being a commercial enterprise where I had to do stuff. I was obligated, sure, and that sucked a lot of the fun out of it for me. But I just thought it was really interesting because that kind of hits the nail in the head for me of like that disenchantment was like, this is such a cool thing. It's really, really cool. Ooh, I made people to make videos in this. Ooh, these videos make people make money. Okay, do a little bit of you know corporate work for people, do a bit of consulting stuff. That's cool. And they, um, do that for long enough and work really long hours. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, I got to you know, review another pencil. Uh-huh, I got another box of pencils in the post. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> all the enjoyment of it. Like if you were caught smoking cigarettes and then your parental figure told you to smoke an entire box and buy three cigarettes and you're like, I never want to do this again. Now, for the record, that never happened to me. I've never smoked a cigarette, but just that idea of like, one sounds nice. Many, all the time, actually ruins it a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me is, is the, the thing with any hobby. If you commercialize it, it can be great. It can also sort of wring the fun out of it a little bit, like a damp sponge. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I can identify with it. I mean, we have a whole load of customers at Nero's who sort of come and go. Mm-hmm. So there'll be, there'll be a period of, of six months where, you know, every week they're buying something and you can, you can feel the excitement of a new release of, you know, whatever shiny new thing uh, the person's interested in. And then they'll just fade away. They disappear for six months, and you know I'd like to think that they're working through their their stack of notebooks and pencils and pens, but they're not. They're, they're, you know, <laughs> they've just been turned off. They're, but something they just, as you say, it's waned. But then it comes back again, and it's true of me. I mean, I was just checking my journal. I haven't written anything in my journal, which I religiously write in every day. TJ, I haven't written anything since <laughs> Monday. And it's, oh, it's Thursday. So um, that journal particularly has kind of lost its place in my life because I, I, I work my mornings differently. And often when I get to the place where the journal is, i.e. the office, uh, I'm, I'm already firing into other things. And so it's getting a bit neglected. And there's a part of me, the completionist, who goes, oh, right, okay. Well, when I finish talking to TJ, I'll, I'll write some notes in each day and then I'll <laughs> fill those out over the week. Um, and there's the other part of me, the, the sensible human, who's going, well, maybe I'll write something in next week. It's okay. 
And it's not as though anybody's coming and checking. No. It's not as though <laughs> these things are going to be sort of itemized in my will. They're not. Um, and as you say, it's fine. It, it should be, you know, I, I, I like reaching for a pen or a pencil because I want to reach for a pen or a pencil, mm-hmm. not because I feel I ought to. Uh, and sometimes I find myself drawn to the digital. So, um, you know, I'm doing lots of stuff around note-taking apps and um, Obsidian. We can talk about Obsidian until I'm blue in the face. Um, I'm Most of my writing, writing, writing happens digitally. You know, it's, it's stored in all sorts of different apps and all sorts of things. And I get, you know, really enthused by new tools and then I get sort of less enthused by them and I go back to um, analog. And I, mm. I think it is completely normal and natural. Pocket notebooks don't have a huge part of my life anymore. Um, purely because of lockdown. We weren't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. um, and because well, it's hot. I don't want to carry a notebook in my pocket. I don't want to carry anything in my pocket. I don't want to have pockets. <laughs> um, so it, it does change. I mean, now when I am out um, doing sort of jobby job, type stuff I'm, i've got a pack with me so uh, or a briefcase so it's it's generally a desk size book that i'm using because that's better for the way that i write anyway because well, yeah. i tend to write the fountain pads but you know i'm not going to throw my pocket notebooks away i'm fairly certain that they will come roaring back into my life um, when the time is right but i think it, it it's natural for anything you know you can be super into making artisanal popcorn but that doesn't define who you are and, and how you live your life. It just happens to be something you're really into this Thursday and not by next Friday. And that that's okay. And I think that there's a certain amount of guilt that we put in ourselves. Certainly I do this where I'm like, oh, you should do that. Or you, you wanted to do this. You should still want to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is it doesn't really matter. Am I happy? Okay. That's what's most important. Are you doing things that make you happy? Yes. Okay. Continue doing those. And if one of them, isn't that for today don't do it and don't stress out about not doing it because for sure then that's almost certainly going to make you not want to do it more so if you make yourself feel really guilty and bad because you didn't write in your journal the last thing you're going to want to do next week is write in your journal because if you don't manage it you're going to feel bad again so you almost make like a negative reinforcement to not do the thing that you actually wanted to do but there is a real sense that you have to like things and if you said you're going to like them and you do like them you got to like them forever and if you stop liking them there's something wrong with it well no it just you could change or your your circumstances could change or indeed the thing could change you know maybe you really like air hockey and all of a sudden the game changes and you're like ah it's just not the same old air hockey i i fell in love with i don't want to don't want to do air hockey anymore i'm i'm hanging up my puck basher thing what's that called i don't know <laughs> you know what i mean no idea what you'd call that <laughs> i think puck basher is good <laughs> but you know it's just there is such a sense of guilt and and such a problematic thinking around that kind of thing that i i'm guilty of this myself which is why i can speak with with some form of authority about how i feel on it it does make you feel rubbish if you're like well i used to like that and i think people would be surprised at how little i get jazzed about pencil and pen stuff now it's not that i don't mm-hmm. like them it's just that i don't feel the need to review anything i don't feel the need to jump in and be like actually that's an hb not a 2b you know that 
there was a time in my life where having that information and, and accumulating that knowledge and being able to, to spin it off and spiel it off when people asked was really exciting and important and felt useful. And now it's like, yeah, I know probably more than 90% of the population about pencils. Uh, and the 90% of the population I know more about have no interest in knowing about it. So it's mostly useless. But I don't need to be the be-all, end-all, I know everything about pencils person because it, it's just something I'm interested in. It's not something I need to be a PhD world expert in. And so I don't need to have that driving passion. I can just have the enjoyment of it. Yeah, and I think that's that's the most important thing is to try and get yourself connected back to the enjoyment. Um, and, you know, with with me, sometimes I might get bored of a notebook mm. or I might get bored of a pencil. Um, and, you know, I can't I can't sort of imagine throwing a notebook away. I just can't really get myself to that point or, or indeed a pencil. But I have learned to go, do you know what? I'm going to start a new notebook because it's Wednesday. No other reason. <laughs> just going to get a new notebook. And I'll put the other one to one side and I'll maybe break out a new pen or break out a new pencil and do whatever it is I want to do. Um, and try and reconnect with that sort of joy side of things if it becomes a duty or an obligation as you say or some yeah. sort of weird self-inflicted guilt trip then yeah stop take a week off take a month off take a year off um like i say every stationary addict that i know does it <laughs> you know they sort of drift in yeah. and drift out i think it's the same with with so many things but stationary specific that joy that you have is because you get to use them and if you find that you don't have any reason to use them because you don't go out or you don't use them the same way or your job doesn't require it in the same way that it used to. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be like, well, okay, I used to write with a fountain pen every day. Now I don't need to do that. So how else can I work writing with a fountain pen into my life every day? I have to do it. It's an obligation. I don't really want to do it. But how do I? No, if you don't need to do it and you don't want to do it, don't do it. But if you're like, oh, I miss it. I really want to write with a fountain pen. Okay, write a letter. Do, do something you want to do, do something interesting and include the thing you wanted to do. But you should be driven by the want to do it rather than the requirement to do it. Well, there we go. TJ Cosgrove sums it up in a sentence. <laughs> Pencil philosopher. That's what they'll put in my uh, tombstone. Another, another episode title. You see, we're fighting for them now. <laughs> I've been Stu Lennon. Is that it? We're just doing a, a tight 65 minutes? Yeah, that was it. I, I, you know, I just thought you'd summed it up perfectly. I thought, <laughs> let's, let's, give the, let's give the guys a little bit of time to rediscover their love of pencils and pens and notebooks. Yeah, you're not obligated. Go away. Spend the next 30 <laughs> minutes doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, I, it's good. Enjoy them when you enjoy them and uh, leave them when you don't. I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was a truncated but still delightful episode of 1857.